We're back. It's the Sagabit Swingin' Report Show. Get ready for Sega News and Commentary with George and Barry. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Second Bit Swingin' Report Show. I'm Barry, with me is my co-host George. Hello. And it's 2015, our first show of the year. The year of the Sega developer in which uh, every month we're going to be focusing on a different Sega development team. This month is AM2. However, we're not talking to AM2. We're actually talking to the development team behind Drift Stage, though it is a game that uh, definitely uh, takes some cues from a lot of AM2 classic racers, as well as uh, many others from the 80s and 90s. Joining us, we have Chase, the programmer. Hello, Chase. Hey, how's it going? Good. We also have Charles, a.k.a. Delco, who does the art. Hello. Hi. Hi. And we have Hugh. He does music, and he also likes to party. Yes. Hey, what's <laughs> up, guys? Nice. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, I guess I'll dive right in with the questions. Um, uh, how did how did you guys all come together, and how did the idea for uh, Drift Stage come about? Uh, I mean, it's basically the magic of the Internet. Um Kinda, it all started in disparate parts. Um, I guess Charles, many years ago, started doing his little uh, his car 3D modeling, and uh, at a certain yeah, I mean, Charles, did you want to say something? Sorry. Oh no, I was just confirming that I didn't start <laughs> car modeling many years ago. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I guess I'll just finish it from my end. I mean, I had my my models out there, and. Uh, Chase just kind of came across them. He he posted some gifts on uh, Twitter, and it was basically just like a really early rough prototype for kind of like a physics engine. Hmm. And I was like, "Wow, this is really cool!" So I basically just messaged him, and I was like, "You want to uh, you want to make something out of this? Because I have a whole bunch of new art to do with it." And he was like, "Maybe." And then a day <laughs> later, he's like, "Yeah." Huh. And. Uh... Um, when when did the music uh, start uh, coming into play, um, Hugh? Was it about like a week after like I found you guys? Uh, yeah, I'd say a week. It was basically yeah, I, y'all posted some like gifts yeah. to Twitter, like really rough stuff. Or no, not to Tumblr. I was on Tumblr and I found you guys, and I basically I begged you to let me do the music, and you guys were like, "Yeah, okay, I guess." <laughs> I was like, "Sick, I made it." <laughs> Now, uh, did you guys work on any games in the past? I'm assuming uh, at least some of you did. Um, I believe I'm the only one who did any games before this. And, I mean, it was all just, you know, like indie stuff, hobby stuff, nothing like professional. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've done hobbyist kind of stuff, game jams, stuff like that in the past. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, like your guys' first big project, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess so. Well, every yeah. project I do is pretty big and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you bring the party, you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you guys have uh, a development team name for yourselves? Uh, yeah, we're Super Systems Softworks. Okay. Super so, Systems. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Triple S. 
Yeah, you also have like efficient. a you also have a really nice logo when you uh, boot up the demo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very nice. And so yeah, all our masterpiece. So so <laughs> uh, probably the best part of that game. So Charles, you do all the graphic design as well as the uh, the artwork. That I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, very cool. Did you ever did you have a background in design or um? Yeah, um, I went to school for uh, communication design is what the, the program was called. Oh. I actually never got my degree because I just started working on Drift Stage, but my background is like uh, print and web design. Okay. Oh, very cool. Can I ask what school? The prestigious Northampton Community College. Okay, cool. No, I, I, yeah, I've, I've gone to school for... Uh, what was called visual communications. And I was like, can I just call it graphic design? Cause no one calls it visual communications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I wasn't sure where they were going with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just want to sound hoity toity, but, uh, Oh, that's really cool. And, um, I guess my, another question I had was, um, I guess going into the, uh, aesthetics and it, it also goes with the gameplay. Um, you have this, uh, 2D aesthetic, but it's applied to 90s 3D racing. Were there any specific games you looked to for inspiration from these eras, both uh, from the uh, gameplay standpoint and from the uh, art standpoint? Maybe, Chase, you could answer this first. Uh, well, I think from the, the gameplay perspective, like I, I drew pretty heavily from like OutRun 2 and uh, you know, the original OutRun to some extent, but but largely, I think Outrun 2 and then like Ridge Racer 4, 5, that kind of era of Ridge Racer games. Mm-hmm. Just uh, in terms of fairly easy to pick up and immediately start playing, but uh, with enough subtlety that there is actually some skill that can be applied through practice and getting familiar with the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interest in the uh, more complex racers out there, like the, uh, I don't know, like Pro- Project uh, Gotham I, Racing? I, or? I, I mean, yeah, like I, I certainly like those games. I mean, I play uh, Forza Horizon 2 every Thursday with a group of guys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm into those games. Nice. Uh, but that, that, that wasn't necessarily like my aspiration uh, for this because I feel like there's a lot of games in that kind of halfway sim arcade space need for speed basically lives there you know forza horizon and you know a lot of other stuff the crew Mm -hmm. um but i didn't feel like there were many games catering to the more arcade pure arcade slanted uh experience anymore Mm -hmm. well i I can say having played the demo that you definitely succeeded in the pick up and play because i was like well you know it's a brand new game in my hands but when I tried to drift, I was drifting just because I kind of knew right. the mechanics beforehand. Though it did, it did have its own kind of feel. It definitely didn't feel like any other racers. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Charles, how about yourself? What uh, sort of inspiration, especially since this uh, idea kind of came from your early artwork that you did? Um, I think the main inspiration is definitely the original Outrun with, you know, like the beach and the car and all that. But it really was just a combination of all these like old arcade racers I was looking up on YouTube. It mostly was um, Lotus Esprit Turbo Challenge or something for the Amiga. They had this really cheesy um, spinning car in the intro to that game, mm-hmm. and I sort of was like, "Oh, that's really cool. I wonder, wonder if I could like make something like that, but sort of 
bring it up to date with like the current well it's not really current but the the trends that were going on in the the low poly 3d modeling world at the time which was the pixel art which i had never done before until i made my first car which was based on that little uh that intro spinning car and then the colors and stuff sort of came from like uh, the old hot wheels from the, the 60s and 70s like the the red line ones where they had like crazy metallic paint jobs and i really just wanted to have a 3d model that if you took like a screenshot of it it would look like 2d pixel art from like the intro to one of those games or something oh nice and the uh, the colors, it, it kind of feels like, you know, you said you were inspired by OutRun. It feels like an OutRun, but something's wrong with the board, but in a positive sort of way, just in that the sky's red and uh, it takes a lot more artistic liberty with the colors. How did you um, go about choosing these colors? Well, the the colors, like the each car basically has like its own palette that's independent from everything else in the game which is kind of weird because a game usually has its own palette Mm -hmm. but that sort of came from the old commodore 64 games and you know 8-bit games where they need let's say like a dark color for the wheels so the only color they'd have would be like dark red well that's the darkest color in the palette so that's now our tire so that's sort of what i was trying to do with that and the colors i just sort of try and come up with like primaries that shift into each other so you, if you look at like the green in the uh the car that's on hughes uh, icon and also the soundtrack cover you can see that it fades into blue which is also the secondary color on it mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of playing with primaries and complementary colors and stuff interesting uh george you had some questions oh yeah i was gonna say um what obstacles did you encounter when making flat looking 3d games like you know the way that the cars look and how everything flows. I mean, what what was the most challenging aspect of that? There's lots of challenging stuff (laughs) with this. It's the biggest issue is depth because none of the models in the game have any form of lighting or shading on them. It's what's basically referred to as Fulbright in uh, most game engines, where basically everything is just 100% unlit white. Like whatever is on the texture is what shows up on the model. So, with the shape of the cars, I can sort of create this thickness of depth by, you know, using the the lightest color on creases and edges to make the form of it. But when you start doing things, like right now I'm trying to make an airplane for one of the levels, and the airplane obviously is going to be viewed from below. And I can't figure out how do I shade that because you need to pick a light source, and it just it creates all sorts of problems with faking the lighting and making things sort of look like they're three-dimensional without any form of lighting casting on them. I, I mean, I wouldn't know how to do that, because, I mean, I don't, I don't make games, but, I mean, I play the demo, and it, it looks great. I mean, it's uh, you can see there's depth in the game, but it's still flat, so I, don't know, I really like it. I really like the way you guys did the sky and everything. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, our, our, our fake uh, parallax. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. That was all Chase's programming getting that to work. Plus, the yeah. fog helps a lot, the depth. Yeah, and I think, and we also kind of exaggerate the field of view, uh, uh, expanding as you speed up to, to sort of give it a little bit more depth. Oh, my next question was actually a soundtrack question for the party guy over here. Uh, <laughs> what what uh, music served for inspiration for the game soundtrack? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. I listen to like just tons of music 
all the time. But I guess like for Drift Stage, like I've been definitely going back and listening to a lot of uh, like T Square, if you're familiar with them. They're like a Japanese rock fusion band. They're pretty sweet. Um, what else? They're like, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those guys where like. You know, I was 15 once, and, like, all I listened to was, like, Ingve Malmsteen. So, like, obviously that comes through a lot in my playing and my music as well. Um, so, obviously. The, those, those are the the, the two main uh, influences. Cool. You have a lot of tracks on uh, your uh... – uh, what is it called? The website? Um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. I don't know. There's two of them. There's like SoundCloud and there's another one with the same name. Bandcamp? Bandcamp, there you go. I have both of them. Yeah. I've been, I was listening to your tracks the other day on there and you have a lot of, you have like uh, four or five tracks. Is that kind of like the soundtrack for the game or are you guys doing more tracks? Because a lot of early racing games only really had like, sit me like four or five tracks, like the original Hour Run or something. Um, I mean, the, the number of tracks is subject to change and i think it, it kind of depends uh where you're listening to because some of the music that i have out is probably like some of it's not going to be for drift stage and other parts of it are um but i think like we'll we'll end up with like at least at least 10 if not more and yeah, like we have 10 right now i have like a folder going <laughs> um, i think that's a pretty good amount for a racing game i mean how long are you usually like gonna? I mean, you're gonna play the same. What, you have like one track per uh, for course, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I think, I think like each track. I don't want to like speak for the guys because maybe they have different plans. But I think uh, we're gonna do like uh, each track has like its own like theme. But I think there's going to be sort of like a radio system where you can kind of flip through tracks. Hmm. Uh, but I don't yeah, know. That's... But, because you're on what we're going for. Oh, so like very uh, outrun, kind of like when you yes. go in the beginning of the game. Yeah, or, I like um, that. That's pretty cool. Or Wipeout, you can actually change the music during the stage. They have random, or you can choose uh, any of the tracks. Um, I think Ridge Racer works like that, too. Like each track, like there's like a default track. Yeah, yeah. I know R4 yeah. had that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speak. I don't want to hijack your questions, George, but I just wanted to mention. You're too. hijacking my. Sorry, dude. Um, Hideki Naganuma actually uh, said uh, some nice things about the soundtrack, saying it was a. Yeah, I love that guy. A combination of Prince <laughs> and guy, Afterburner. That guy's the greatest. What do you? He's awesome. Like you can tweet to him, and I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't ignore. He gives you his thoughts. I sent him a picture. Yeah, and, oh yeah, like yeah. We, we follow each other, and uh, um, I like he'll he'll sometimes post stuff, and like I'll. We like have a little at reply, like conversations every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, cool I was dude. talking to him about a, a Honda Accord once <laughs> on Twitter. That's awesome. So, what do you think about him uh, actually listening to your music then? I mean, that's it's like such an honor because, like, obviously, I'm very inspired by like, like the whole. It's it's so crazy to me. Like, I've sort of kind of gone back and revisited a lot of, like, the video game music of my childhood. And, like, growing up, we did, my family never had a, like, a... We never had, like, a Sega console. We were, like, a Nintendo family, I guess. Sure. Um, and so, uh, going back at... Like, Sega, I feel like the, 
like there's this whole like Sega aesthetic yeah. that is like so amazing. And a lot of the music, like I've gone back and listened to it. And I'm like, whoa, like this is so crazy. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, I think like the Sega Genesis, um, like the synthesizer that was built into the console was like very distinctive. It was like FM. It was like some sort of crazy like FM synthesizer. Mm-hmm. And I think that added a lot to uh sort of the whole like how how people wrote music for the system and like all this other stuff it's an interesting um, so, yeah i mean people i i know that i have a friend of mine who does uh game compositions and he he was ranting and all about how the genesis sounds awful and i was like well why don't you just give a listen to the whole uh the whole library or he was doing this and he realized that, you know, when you want to make a bad Genesis song, you can make a really bad Genesis song. But if you really <laughs> want to do a good job, you know, it's, it's more than capable. It can do some really amazing things. Yeah. It's crazy. But do you, I mean, yeah, the super, the super Nintendo stuff is like really great too. Uh, although that, like, I think super Nintendo had like a sampler built in and like, a lot of people ended up using like the same samples, but like, oh, my friend, my friend Nick was showing me this game the other day, and the name of it escapes me. But like, whoever like the samples that came with the game like banged. It was like, uh, um, it's very like '90s like R&B like New Jack Swing <laughs> type music, but like it like bumped. Like we had it on. We I was at a studio and we we like he had it on his big speakers, and I was like dude, this slaps. Like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's like some game I found on YouTube. <laughs> Hold on, let me, I think it's like, I have it written down on my phone somewhere. Let me pull this up. Yeah. Why super you... Advent- the Super Adventure Island soundtrack. Uh... Woo! Slaps. Nice. It's crazy. <laughs> you guys are going to make a Super Adventure Island game type with R&B music? <laughs> w. They got to make Drift um... Stage first. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm already. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say the next question, Barry. Is that all right? Yeah, go for it. All right, I'm gonna do it. Um, during development, did you guys ever uh, consider releasing the game on a classic console? Uh We always joke about, about it. it. So, like, I mean, yeah, we joked about it, but the the realities of like getting that development tool chain all set up and getting you know the proper. Uh, you know, software, and then you're probably looking at using an emulator to actually do the development because getting a real dev kit's going to be almost impossible. I don't know. It's just it's too too many hoops. Have you well, guys? Also, oh, so I think on? like the well, also like I think like the like the coolest part about our game is that like it. I mean, it looks like an old game, but like because of the way we do it on modern. Uh, like systems like we have like a super high frame rate and everything looks like super like crisp and fast so like i don't know how that would work like going back yeah. to an older system yeah. although i'm like, like you know i'm just a musician i don't know how this no, works. It's, it drift stage would like be like cutting edge graphics on you know the ps1 or something just because of the the texture sizes we're using even though they're low color so you'd get probably something chugging along at like 20 frames per second because it's, yeah. you know, basically homebrew. Right now there's a big scene on uh, developing games on the Dreamcast. And uh, one of the guys that we interviewed, uh, an indie developer, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of the game. It's like an RPG. It's uh, Elysian yeah, yeah. Shadows. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, maybe the Dreamcast, but I don't know. I I, I personally think that kind of stuff is uh, cool for the it's, development scene. Of, for yeah, that. it's so there. There's not a huge audience for it though. It's such a niche thing. Like, yeah, it's it's almost cooler for the people making it than the people actually playing it. It's like when people are like, I just put out my album. It's on like mini disc. Is that? <laughs> it's like cool. Like, let me know when you put out MP3 so I can actually <laughs> listen to it. I can totally understand. I mean, it would that. be great to do like like a, a super awesome like Dreamcast special edition with like a physical disc and a box and everything. But there'd be like six people who'd want to buy it and. I don't think we could do, you know, runs of $10,000 a piece. Yeah. <laughs> At most, you might break even, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for the Dreamcast indie scene, but, you know, I, I think going into it, you, I think a lot of the times it's people saying, well, let's make a 16-bit RPG. Hey, the Dreamcast can run that, you know, but when it comes to what you guys right. are doing, right. like you said, it's it's a retro game, but it's running on um, modern hardware, so yeah. you can do so much yeah. more. So it's surprising. I'm sure the Dreamcast could handle it, though. Oh, yeah? But I mean, well, it's you had a dev kit, for sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Sega could hook us up with one. Hey. They probably <laughs> got one. Sega. We love Sega. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, what about mo- uh, modern consoles? Are you guys thinking PS4, Wii U? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, all uh, we'll say yeah. is that we have, uh, we've started the process, and it's... It's very long and full of many, many things that need to be signed and gone over. So it's it's one of those things where it's we're looking into it. We can't really say anything yet, though. Hmm. Understandable. How about Barry? You have some questions? Yeah, sure thing. Um, much of Drift Stage is calling back to the classic racing titles. Um, so there's a lot of uh, old is new. Are there any new innovations that you're working on bringing to the genre? Something maybe that you've never seen in a game before? Uh, I don't think I've ever played a game that, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but, like, <laughs> I think in the uh, the rocking out department, like, <laughs> nothing really rocks as hard as Drift Stage. That's that, that, that might be just me being, you know, you know, me and Mr. Hype Man, but, I mean, rock's pretty pretty dang hard. It's a know? party on your PC. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm going to take that. Yeah, you can use it. <laughs> you know, besides the cutting edge soundtrack and you know next level sound design um, chase is working on a uh, infinite drift mode which is sort of going to be like you know the outrun checkpoint branching thing right. except it just keeps going because it's all going to be dynamically created track oh cool that's actually pretty cool yeah so it kind of gives you like the i guess i don't know i've never played the game but uh, uh forza doesn't one of the new games like have like a endless drive mode i guess uh, or you might think of a different game. Uh, might be thinking of a different game because I don't I don't recall that in Forza. Okay, uh, uh, but uh, th- there's games that are doing that. So and it's kind of like Outrun tried to do that thing, I guess, like the idea that you're just driving and driving on highways. But right. there's obviously an end to the game, so you're doing it infinite. Right, right. Awesome. Yeah, it's basically just going to be a procedurally generated kind of stretch of road. Uh, sort of along the lines of, uh, I guess, more outrun, but actually kind of more hang on esque. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, another question I had was, uh, you're going to be placing billboards in the game. Um, Sega's in the past have done a lot of uh, real-life sponsors as well as really weird made-up designs. Um, do, do you have any updates on maybe what companies, what real companies or people might be appearing on billboards, or uh, do you have any uh, kind of uh, in-joke or uh, fake designs made up? We have five slots filled from the Kickstarter of people that could, you know, if they donated a certain amount, we would put them on a billboard in the game. Um, since the Kickstarter isn't over, we don't know what they want their billboards to be yet. So basically, it'll probably just be either, you know, they want to have their face on it or something, or maybe they'll be promoting like their YouTube channel or their blog or something like that. Huh. So there will be some real, not companies, probably not, but real people will be on billboards at least. Right. Huh. Any uh, fake made-up designs? Because I saw some when I was playing the demo, some like fake companies in the background. Any any background on how you got the names of some of those? Or <laughs> sort of. I mean, some of them. I think SuperSpec was a was a company name that we had, like that was on our list of possible names. Yeah, just our endless um, Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jupiter Ace is a. That's my graphic design company that doesn't actually exist yet, but. I have that on some of my other stuff. Nice. Um, Jace Global is just the global version of Jupiter Ace. I okay. just couldn't think of another name, so I shortened <laughs> Jupiter Ace. Nice. Um, Club S was Hugh's idea. That's he's the owner of Club S. Yeah, that's a that's a real place. Oh, it's yes. a real place. Okay. Totally <laughs> I thought I thought you like made up a place, and then you said, and in the game, he's the owner. Oh, oh that's interesting. No, I'm a. Uh, uh, yeah, I own a nightclub. That's awesome. Can't wait. I to told y'all I like to party. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what else? <laughs> I thought it was a joke, but I guess he does like to party. Uh, George, you had some questions? Yeah, the pre-alpha demo you guys released allowed users to race. Well, you guys only had one playable car in the demo. While the right. full release is going to have other selectable cars. Is there, like, different stats for each car, or how is that going to work? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be different uh, properties to each car. We're still kind of figuring out exactly how we want to balance that but uh yeah we i mean we want to have a unique feel to each vehicle are you guys gonna like set it up like uh the old sega games where it was like beginner uh what is it, normal and advanced when you guys select the cars or is it going to be just select the car and then it has little stats on the bottom i uh, i mean given that i i don't know that we want to tier it just because of yeah don't it, it kind of reduces yeah, it kind of reduces the amount of content in a, in a weird way. Yeah, it, it depends it on how you look at it. Um, but I, I mean, we, we're aiming to kind of have them all balanced on an equal tier. Yeah, like in Ridge Racer 1, they have those little, like, weird, like, octagonal graphs where it's like there's a little points that sort of, like, some cars are better top speed, some cars lean more to handling. We'll probably have something like that going on. So it's kind of like for, uh, I guess, online racing, so you can't just have one car and beat everybody? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Unless you guys do I, like, uh, a, like a pay mobile thing where you guys oh uh, pay extra for a car that has uh, all the... No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, there's not, not going to be any in-app purchases, I can tell you right now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, how, hard is, how hard was it to get the, uh, the drift mechanics just like just right, you know, like... 
Like, you know, there's people that try to go more realistic. You guys were more outrun, too, where you just flip the car sideways. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I'd say, I mean, I, I still want to make it better. Like, I, I don't think we're done yet. I, I mean, I think what we have now is uh, unique and, you know, pretty fun immediately uh, as soon as you start playing. But, uh, and I mean, that was basically just playtesting between us. Uh, just going back, making small changes, um, just over time, kind of improving it. My la- my my next question is uh, actually, uh, what you guys have already talked about arcade games you guys liked. What arcade games do you like? Racing games do you guys dislike? Um, <laughs> Auto Modelista <laughs> and uh, which one? I didn't hear. Auto Modelista. <laughs> okay. I mean, it looks amazing, and people compare Drift Stage to it a lot, which is cool, but it, it handles like crap. It's really not fun to play. And I beat the whole game, so. You, just <laughs> you know, you know. This is, a, this is a proper review. Uh, Chase, how about you? Uh, gosh, I feel like there's so many I could, could name. Like, uh, <laughs> What was that PS3 one? Uh, I, I feel like... Like Split Second is a game that I know a lot of people like that I don't like because I feel like it has I, like some it. Of the, I feel like it has some of the worst AI imbalancing in bandit. any game <laughs> ever. Uh, gosh, was, I don't even. Was that the Disney one that like they made a commercial yeah. making fun of Mario Kart and that was like the only thing that anybody heard about no, it? No, no, no. That that was I, Blur. Okay, Blur was Blur, okay. Blur wasn't a great game. That was Bizarre Creations. Yeah. That was like their last game before they went out of business. Which is kind came of out, it came out at right at the same time as Split Second, which I think those two companies like basically destroyed each other by trying to put out two arcade racing games. They canceled each other. Like, like this, right at the same time. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, what game is this? Which one should I like? Like, uh. Yeah, they just totally split the market. Like, they killed each other, basically. <laughs> I, I dug Split Second. Although, you are right. That, like, it is definitely one of those games where, like, you will be like in the lead uh, right before the finish line, and then like some AI behind you like triggers an explosion, and you just lose. <laughs> Literally the worst. Oh, that reminds me of the, that. What's the Ridge Racer that's on Steam? There's a Ridge Racer like, on Steam? Yeah, it's like oh, Ridge yeah, Racer it's Online. Un- it's all unbound. like oh. new looking yeah. and like looks like a Call of Duty cutscene. That game is bad too. <laughs> That's something that's wrong. I mean, when Ridge Racer franchise has also been kind of like in the toilet in re- recent years, hasn't it? I mean, I don't even know which the last one that I that I liked. I think probably probably like PS2, I like Racer Five. I liked Four the most. <laughs> four was cool. I, Actually, yeah, I think I think Four is my personal favorite too. Out of and not even necessarily because of the mechanics, even though I do like the mechanics there. Uh, but more just because of the style. Like I feel like they really just nailed everything about it with just I mean, like the music, the music, the menu design. Oh yeah, they're the like is... very simple. Ooh. Yeah, the, all the breakbeat is amazing on that soundtrack. That's what we were basing <laughs> the menu design off of. Was that one? I think. So are you guys doing like a I guess single player mode kind of like Type Four? I mean, like uh, where you have to talk to somebody and then you do races. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're still figuring out exactly how we want to do that progression, but I will say that, yeah, Bridge Racer Type 4 is kind of one of my favorite single-player progressions in any racing game. 
What do you guys think about the um, mascot racers? Are there any personal favorites or ones that you really just dislike? Mascot uh, I guess like kart racers. Like, oh, I mean, like Mario Kart? I, yeah, I mean, I, I I have a ton of fun with those games. Like, yeah, they're great. Uh, Most of them. Uh, and especially, I think, uh, Sumo Digital uh, has kind of knocked it out of the park with, like, the Sonic and All-Star Racing games, especially Transformed. I think that's actually like a really good kart racer. And it's one that I think tweaks it a little bit more towards skill, which I guess maybe I makes me kind of like it a little bit more. Like yeah, it's not quite hard. as, it's not quite as overwhelming with the items. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, especially, you know, I remember talking to the developer and they were saying that the, uh, they were, they were kind of pissed off when, um, Mario later revealed that they were doing, you know, the uh, gliding and the underwater stuff, but really it, it was no comparison. It was, uh, it, I mean, they hardly really mixed up the game when it came to those things with the Mario games, uh, in comparison to, uh, All-Stars Racing Transformed. Um, have you at all, uh, with your engine, I don't know, maybe played around with other vehicles? Probably not that you'd ever consider that, but is that a possibility? Uh, I don't know about for drift stage necessarily, but if I ever did another game, I would kind of like to go in kind of the off-road direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sega Rally? Drift yeah, stage two, yeah, kind of. off-road, yeah, <laughs> October. <laughs> that sounds like a real party game right there. Yeah. I was going to say, uh... I was going to say, uh, I think Barry just wanted a, a a mom van so you could drift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I asked. I saw. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you first. It's your podcast. Oh, but you're the guest. I mean, I was just going to say, I saw a, a video the other day of somebody had taken a, whatever that, that like Toyota, like egg-shaped minivan that was like all their age in the 90s. I forget what it's called. Previa? But somebody, the what? Previa? Previa? Yes. Somebody took yeah, one of those. They're mid-engine. And, yeah, somebody took one of those and uh, painted it uh, uh, Fujiwara tofu style. And it was like the, the drift minivan. I thought it was amazing. Oh, wow. That's what you guys need in your guys' game. That would set everything apart. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, unlockable. Like, like weird secret cars in, so... I don't want to reveal what they are yet, but not all of them will have wheels. So, oh, is there a horse? <laughs> that was one of our Twitter questions, actually. That's, that's I, don't, I don't know when it goes. Yeah, I mean, this, a lot of, that's this, a lot of rigging. I mean, there's a. I mean, this is a retro game, but come on, horses. Yeah, that's like that's way too retro. Yeah, <laughs> that's too retro. You guys are going too. Deep I mean, we don't want to just straight up just, cop that from. I get it. I mean, maybe like the. <laughs> the Amish expansion pack. That would be yeah, awesome. That would be awesome. It's good, like, do a, you guys can do a penguin that just wobbles <laughs> and then drifts. Maybe slides on its stomach. What is this? Yeah. Pen Pen Triicelon now. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Underground game. Yeah. Some game on Dreamcast that you guys probably haven't heard of. I mean, it's just like, it's not even that great of a game. I hate that game. Yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> Why are, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, anyway, your guys' Kickstarter was actually a big success. You guys, uh, I was surprised. I mean, you guys posted it, and I go on there to give you guys my money, and it's already almost completed. I felt like I was a little late uh, to the party. Yeah, we were pretty blown away by how quick it went. I mean, so, it's, it's still you, going, but... Yeah, it's still going. You guys have, like, uh, like uh, over 15 days on that thing, right? Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, are you guys thinking about uh, with the new money? Are you guys already thinking about stuff to develop for the game? Uh, I mean, I feel like we have a pretty decent list of things that we want to do. It's just a matter of how many of them we can do. <laughs> I guess. Do you guys? What, what's your time frame on releasing the game? I didn't. I forgot to ask that. Uh, I mean, we're looking at like trying to hit up the early access kind of people with uh, builds like in April to May and then hopefully have a full release by December. Nice, nice. And you guys, uh, you guys are, I mean, you guys are indie developers. You guys are obviously willing to delay the game if you guys wanted to add stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah, and and I, I'm not above like continuing to release updates after it, the quote-unquote, you know, release. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, that's pretty cool. Are you guys going to do like expansions, or is it just going to be like free content? No, are you guys going to focus on free to? I mean, uh, pay content? I guess I don't know. Like, how's that uh, gonna work? I don't I, think I, so. I, I wouldn't feel right doing that. Paid content, yeah, I mean, like maybe a full expansion pack would be cool if we wanted to do like something substantial. But I don't want to do anything like you know, two ninety nine, you get a new car or something. You don't want to feel like those big companies are, like, fucking nickeling and diming everybody. No, I don't think so. Like, no, we don't have AAA kind of ambitions. We're not We're not trying to start an annual franchise or anything. Right. <laughs> we want to do our thing and, you know, make our space. Uh, but we're not out there just, like, trying to, you know, pull the... Open it up the cash register. Oh, no, out you as well. with... <laughs> we, we want to make a good game first. Yeah. That, yeah. Every, like, that a lot of people will enjoy. And really, it's not like a, uh, it's not like a scheme, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, when you, when you look at those retro games, they made them, they released them and they moved on. I mean, you'd maybe see them, you know, like with, uh, Afterburner 2 and it's really not a sequel. It's more just improvements well, to the original. That, I, I'd say maybe that depends on what your definition of moving on is. Because if you look at like a lot of those Model 2 and Model 3 Sega arcade games, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are actually kind of similar oh, when you look sure. at them side by side. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They use the same <laughs> engine. Yeah. yeah. Um, they really made it stretch. But it, it's actually kind of uh, interesting you say that. Like Yu Suzuki, I think I, I was reading an old, old interview when he was talking about, I think he, Afterburner he was developing. And I guess that he was saying, like, most of his games are, like, 60% complete, and then they're released. Like, he can't add everything <laughs> he wants to add. And, uh, and like, some of the stuff he wanted to out, add in OutRun was, like, cutscenes, selectable characters. <laughs> I don't even know if I would even care about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think it really affected the games. But is that something you guys want to add to, selectable characters, or is that not, not what you guys are uh, into? Well, we're uh, definitely planning on having at least three to four hours of uh, cutscenes. <laughs> cutscenes? Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, we're getting, uh, you know, hiring in some script writers. <laughs> some big-time actors. You're going to get a... You're yeah, gonna get got Stephen Kojima Hawking. flying in to direct. Yeah, oh, of course. I wasn't going to reveal, but I guess, you know, here here on the, on the Sega podcast... Yeah. Sure. He's gonna he's gonna come Hideo Kojima's involvement with the first <laughs> uh, stage. He's gonna be like three to four hours per cutscene. That's what he's gonna ask you guys. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> I can't wait. So the the lead will yeah. be named Drift, and he uh, owns a car, and they'll. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Drift. And there's, there'll be one level where you have to 
unplug the controller. To... And, then, and then he overly explains why when you guys crash, there's no uh, dents on your car. He's like, nano machines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's actually, Drift Stage is all about the military industrial complex and, you know, taking over the world, you know, basically. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a reason the ghost cars look like holograms. And yeah, yeah. It's it's very deep. We can't go into it now, but you'll you'll find out in the art book. Interesting. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry about it. There's going to be a lot of fan stories or fan uh, fiction online about uh, stuff like that. Oh, I can't wait for that. The internet. We're going to be quoting this podcast. The drift stage. I mean, definitely. Some <laughs> sure, not sure. Safe for work. But as far as characters go, they'll probably. I mean, we don't really have it locked down yet. But the way I'm thinking it'll work is in campaign, like story mode. Each car will have its own sort of character and plot line, yeah. but in all the other modes, they'll just be cars. Um, in uh, in Outrun, like when uh, there's a lot of like I guess emphasis on like animation, like you know when you crash the side, the car flips and it just blows up. Uh, are you guys thinking of doing stuff like that, or is it going to be more road based like the demo was? Uh, I mean, I think we're mainly going to keep keep the car on the road, not really do those kind of canned animations like outrun or outrun 2 um just i I think that it's almost too much of a distraction from actually playing like i i know that's kind of one of my least favorite parts of outrun 2 is when you do make that huge mistake it's you know three four seconds of just waiting before your car kind of responds rad racer did something similar to that and it's sort of it just it breaks the pace. It kind of makes you just get frustrated and want to turn the game off when that happens. Right. I actually agree with you. I was actually just playing Outrun all this whole week, uh, and uh, yeah, I agree. That's actually one of my things. It's like I crash all fucking restart because this is fucking. I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> exactly. It's, and then the girl starts nagging at you. I'm like, bitch, come on, man. You get the steering wheel. You drive. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and we're not really looking to take your quarters like those games used to be like having you know you look at like trying to play like super hang on the some of those checkpoint time limits are so so extreme like you've got to really be on your game not you know hit anything to just keep playing are you guys thinking of adding just like a hardcore mode where it's like you you have to make it in this time like those old arcade games where they're just like ridiculously brutal the whole game's hardcore. <laughs> so the whole freaking game, it's like, you fuck up, that's it, dude. Give up life. I mean, I mean some people are already, like, taking the, the demo and kind of, like, doing the leaderboard chasing, trying to figure out how to shave seconds and milliseconds from their I, time. So I, I think that's kind of the hardcore aspect for those that want to go that route. I uh, definitely agree. How about you, Barry? You got a question? Um, yeah, actually, this one's tying in with uh, our... Uh, theme month, uh, AM2 month at SegaBits, with OutRun and Daytona, Daytona USA both being major racers from the Sega developer. Um, do you guys have any classic memories of these games or maybe favorite moments from them? Not even applying to Drift Stage, but maybe the first time you played them or uh, just even the tiniest little things that you might like, like a billboard of a... I actually have one with OutRun. Go for it. I was really young. I think I might have been like six or seven, and I was at like a pizza parlor. And they had this beat old um, outrun cabinet in the corner. It was a—I uh, remember it being a stand-up one, but I honestly don't even know if they made those. But 
I know that the steering wheel was broken, so you couldn't play it, but I just would sit there and just, I just watched the attract mode, and I was just, like, blown away by just how cool all the sprite scaling looked, because I had seen, you know, 3D games at that point, and I had, like, Lego Island and stuff, but just something about how the sprite scaling looked and how the vibrant everything was on the CRT, I was just, like, blown away by it, and just sat there and burned my eyes out for, like, 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> That's how you do it. And there were stand-up ones, by the way. So, yeah, your, your memory. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it wasn't crazy. Yeah, That's the one I remember uh, having experience with was there was, like, a, oh, this is a long time ago. But there was, like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is so, it's so funny how dated the story is. So, I remember used, uh, the Blockbuster video that we used to go to was next to an ice cream parlor. And I remember, like, the ice cream parlor had the stand-up version of outrun i was like whoa this is so cool and um i i think like outrun is so crazy to me like to me personally because it, it had such an effect on me that like when i found out that ferrari like didn't actually make uh the testarossa convertibles like they didn't make those yeah when i just found, found that out, out a week ago yeah that <laughs> they, like the only they, they the, the only ones in existence have been, like, made by, like, aftermarket people who, like, modify hardtops. Oh, they never made, like, a... Though. Oh, yeah, they did make one. There's one official Ferrari convertible Testarossa. And, it, and I think it, they made it because of OutRun. Wow. And right. also, OutRun didn't even have the Ferrari license when it first came out. It's, they actually went to court, I heard about that, and then I guess they settled or whatever. But well, it's... It, it, the, if you look at the new... 3DS version that's coming out, they had to change the taillights a little bit, because I think Ferrari was like, they're a little bit too yeah, Ferrari, Ferrari sued everybody. They sued Miami Vice, anybody and everybody they, they went after. They're like, hey, quit doing free press for our vehicles. We don't mm-hmm. like that. And that kind of makes me angry. It's like, just fucking, people are going to buy Ferraris because they played OutRun, so just fucking let them. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's. I mean, who's gonna afford fucking? I don't even know how much they cost. Like one hundred fifty. I don't even know. Three hundred thousand dollars. Five million dollars car. Yeah. Over a hundred dollars for sure. Over a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> how about yourself, Chase? Uh, I mean, for me, it was. I think mainly like the the home ports of uh, Outrun and Super Hang On on the Genesis. Because um, I don't really have a lot of arcade like memories because. I, I I feel like I grew up in South Carolina, which during the 90s had video poker, which I'm not even going to go into. But basically any place that would have been an arcade, basically just put video poker in there for people to come in and waste every paycheck or whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah for me, it's mainly just those Genesis ports. Cool. And uh, did you guys have any classic? Uh, I know um, which which one of you said they were a Nintendo household growing. That was me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what kind of households did you guys have? Sorry. I guess uh, when it came to uh, console affiliation. I mean, I actually was pretty diehard Nintendo uh, all the way through kind of the GameCube era, and then like the Wii. I just kind of fell off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, same. I was always Nintendo growing up. My friends had a PlayStation and Genesis, so I was always like, 
I knew they existed and I liked them. It was just we could only afford one console. And um, I think in around fifth grade, my brother found a Genesis in somebody's garbage. Like they had a garage sale and no one bought it. Mm. And we ended up with a free Genesis. And we were like freaking out because we could suddenly <laughs> go to Funko Land and, you know, buy all these old Genesis games for a couple dollars. And I still have that Genesis to this day. What model was it? Genesis. Uh, it's a Model 1. Oh, nice. Okay, that's pretty good. Find that's out. the good sound. Yeah, I got to get a CD for it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you got you got Barry all fucking uh, I'm just, drooling I'm, over I'm, here. Well, I've, I've got my own. I'm just sitting here <laughs> petting it right now. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. I can tell. Anyway. Such a cool-looking console. Oh, so nice. 16-bit and silver etched into the front of it. Very, uh, very uh, 80s look to it, yeah. you know? Most definitely. It's a nice 80s look. It though. looks like a car engine. Like, the Super Nintendo always kind of looked like a toy in comparison, I guess, considering the well, way the, that... The yeah, very Fisher-Price. Like, yeah, the Segas were always, like, black, and, like, they look like that Batmobile kind of, like, you know? Yeah, it's like somebody <laughs> yeah. watched that Tim Burton Batman, and they're like, that's what I want. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's kind perfect. of what we went for with our logo. The, if, you, if you look at the Super Systems logo, it, it kind of it starts out black with the gold text. that I was trying to, like, mimic the old kind of textured plastic you'd get on like like a neo geo or something nice talk about the gamecube did you guys like uh f-zero gx on that yeah yeah you guys I played think that, uh, uh yeah i mean i i actually think i kind of prefer uh f-zero x on the n64 i i don't know why but uh i'd have to play them both kind of side by side to man that ai on that game was why so I was going to say that, man, that freaking AI, man, you better not do AI like that in this game. Please. Yeah, yeah. That, that is one of the classically, like, most difficult racing games, I feel like, both F-Zero X and GX. Yeah, GX was uh, developed by uh, the guy that did, uh, directed, by the dude that did uh, Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I'd rather him do Daytona, but, I mean, it's pretty cool they did F-Zero. I mean... When I was a kid, I actually had some pretty big memories with F-Zero. It was one of those first – this is the first time I actually owned an, a racing game as a kid because I wasn't too much into racers, but I let somebody borrow a game, and he never gave it back, so it was my game. <laughs> it was like – but I, so it kind of made me like racing games, I guess. I was forced to play it. I've uh, actually never played a single F-Zero game, believe it or not. Oh, wow. But – I just, I've never had any of them. I never found them. I've never even seen one for sale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of them, they go up in price. And uh, when it comes to the arcade, you're really, I mean, F-Zero AX is incredibly hard to find. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not to say I don't love everything about it. I mean, the soundtrack in that game is amazing. It's just I've never physically played it. Maybe uh, the next oh, Drift really? Stage could be Drift Stage 2099, and it jumps forward into the future. <laughs> uh i don't know i that that brings back memories of outrun uh, <laughs> God, what was the yeah. what year was it that they picked i think it was 2099 oh, 20 2099 yeah. i did not like that yeah, game that, oh uh, no they did that with top year too yeah. it's like top yeah, year yeah. 2023 or something so you guys could like make a really bad game later and call it like drift stage <laughs> 2099 for a free update where everything's just uh, broken i don't know about that maybe that'd be <laughs> yeah, a pretty like next level and then we list you guys as the, the developers. George, this is why you don't make <laughs> games. This is why yeah, like, my ideas are terrible. It's like ironically bad. Yeah. Like it's like, oh man, we should we should add a cutscene right here in this drift corner right here. 
And then, well, I was going to say, do um, you have any more questions, Baron? Uh, no, I don't. In fact, I wanted to um, ask you guys if you had any messages out there for maybe potential uh, backers for the project. Um, uh, with 18 days to go, you guys are, you know, well over your goal already. But uh, if you want to add any extra bucks on there. Uh, I mean, I would just say, like, you know, if if you have any interest in old school arcade racing games, just go uh, to itch.io and uh, search for Drift Stage, download the alpha demo, try it out. If you like it, you know, maybe throw a few bucks our way uh, on Kickstarter. Yeah, and that was awesome you guys got the demo out there, too. A few uh, developers do that. So that was, that was that, really That cool. is very true. We, we wanted to make sure people knew it was a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very important that people, like, before we could ask for money, we wanted them to really play it and be like, this isn't your thing, you know, that's fine. But if it is, help us out. Nice. Has, has, was that always your guys' like, idea behind the whole Kickstarter? Like, have a demo out, then do the Kickstarter? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. I think at some point we wanted to do it on the same day, but that kind of got uh, kind of yeah. red tape. Mm. Our bank off. wasn't having that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. So uh, Kickstarter search drift stage by Super Systems Softworks. Uh, it's uh, it's happening, but um, if you back it, it can happen even more. So uh, we have Chase programmer Charles, man with the art, and Hugh, the music dude. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us to talk about your game. Really looking forward to seeing the final product uh, once it comes out. Thanks a lot for having us. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, thanks.